views and opinions expressed by Edwin are Edwin and Edwin's only, all right? Not of the sponsors, employers, baby mama, anybody he went to school with, anybody he owe money to. With that being said, enjoy the video. Oh my goodness, what's going on everyone? Edwin Pagan here. Thanks for joining me on the Word on the Road podcast, your weekly technology care package. Man, I am your host, Edwin Pagan, coming live from Orlando in the world's hottest apartment, man. My uh, my uh, AC broke on Saturday night. I had the maintenance guy come like at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, I was a little tipsy. I had company over and this guy made me walk all the way to the maintenance room in my apartment complex and pick up one of those mobile AC units to put in my living room. So my living room it's ice cold. It's like a Motel 8 in there. Super cold. Uh, the rest of my house is extremely hot. And uh, it is Tuesday. The guy was supposed to be here Monday. So that's what I got going on in my life, guys. Um, but that being said, man, this is the Word on the Road podcast. This is a technology-based podcast where I take three articles that I find on the internet. Uh, usually, again, technology-related that I find interesting, fascinating. Uh, I, I break them down for you guys. I give you my insight on them. And then I send you on your way more informed and more aware of what's going on on the interwebs, man. Now, uh, this is the second time I have, a, have had to record this podcast. Uh, I'm having uh, all the overheating issues with my Mac today. And uh, my, like... It's crazy when you record a podcast and you go back to edit it and you're like, oh, well, that sucks. I just spent 22 minutes doing nothing because the entire podcast is like audio synced up is bad and everything. So again, we aim to give you the best possible product. And so I'm redoing the podcast. So um, with that being said, man, I hope everyone's doing good, man. I've had a, I had a good weekend. Um, I'm dropping this episode on Tuesday. I know I say Wednesday, but I wanted to let you guys know that I'm, I'm back. All right? I'm trying to put these articles or these uh, episodes out more regularly, but I'm um, dropping this on Tuesday, man. But I had a great week, man. Uh, I celebrated my boy Joe's birthday on Saturday, bro. Saturday was one of the most interesting days of my life, right? Because uh, first of all, I dropped my brother off at the protest in Orlando. So he was doing his thing, actually, uh, you know, practicing his right or exercising his right to uh protest and freedom of speech and all that good stuff that comes with that and so i dropped my brother off and then um on the way to go pick him up uh, a tornado yeah uh, it touched down in orlando man it was wild bro because like let me see if i got a picture of it um where's twitter at bro this is the tornado that hit orlando bro this is straight up like this is in downtown orlando this is pretty gnarly i have never seen this before in the real world um so true story because when i, I was just telling my girl about this my fiance I had had like a deja vu moment when I saw that video because so um, I had had a dream about this like a year ago. I remember because I used to work on like the 31st floor of one of those buildings. And uh, I remember like I had a dream that I saw three tornadoes, that same angle. Like so that same angle you're seeing, I had a dream that I saw three tornadoes like that. And then on the way back to on the way to pick up my brother right i pick him up and uh, on the way go on the way home we start hearing like tornado alerts on our phone and we're like that's nothing bro there ain't no real tornadoes going on and then the radio is like chic shelter there's a tornado coming there's a tornado coming we don't believe it and then one of my homeboys hits me up and sends me the twitter that picture we just saw the video and it was a tornado in downtown Orlando. And literally, it was like minutes after I picked up my brother. So I think my brother was a little happy that I, I picked him up. But man, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy time to be alive right now. Um, it's crazy what's going on in Orlando as far as not crazy. Um, I think the media is hyping up the protest uh, to be way worse than they really are. There's a lot of really good people in Orlando. A lot of uh, just peaceful protesting going on. I have not heard of any, uh, what do you call it, um, looting going on uh, or, or just like violence or anything like that so um 
I'm glad to see that the city's doing well, man, and people are just out there just exercising the right to protest, man. So shout out to those people, man. And um, what else did I have happen this weekend? Outside of my AC breaking, that's it, man. Uh, so uh, with that being said, man, uh, let's jump right into the articles that we got for you today. I think we got some pretty interesting articles lined up for you. Um, and, and I keep looking at the camera right now, but it's because I'm like, I'm trying to see if my lips are out of sync uh, because that's literally what happened in my last episode. But with that being said, man, the articles that we discussed on the podcast today will be available on on the uh, description below so if you're watching on youtube it's in the description below and if you're listening on apple music or not apple music apple podcast whatever podcast application you're listening on uh you can find the links for these articles on there so with that being said first article is coming from the fine folks uh, let me see what article this is yeah from the fine folks at wired.com which is a uh, school's turn to surveillance tech to prevent the spread of covid19 man so administrators hope tracking beacons will identify where students congregate and who should be isolated if some Someone contacts uh, someone with the coronavirus, man. So what's really concerning and what I found weird about this article is that obviously coronavirus is a thing. It's real. It's realistic. It's happening, right? And so I think we're in an interesting point right now where we're pivoting, right? Where we're really there's this this, this cultural pivot that's happening, um, very similar to what we saw when 9/11 happened. You know, I, rem- I, I like I remember how nine like before 9-11 happened how the airports were and how like going into huge public places were and how it was after with with security with dogs with metal detectors with everything everything drastically changed a a lot of companies uh um uh you know came out of nowhere and and created technology to prevent you know anti-terror and all this other stuff so um with this coronavirus we're seeing a lot of companies come out now uh with technologies to help prevent the spread of corona and obviously you know kids have to go back to school things have to get back to normal and i think like with what these schools are trying to do which is like implement tracking beacons on the students because you know obviously you could easily track someone with a cell phone but they don't want students at the school with cell phones right so outside of the measurement that they're using to like you know um do body temperature checks where they like they they put a thermometer to your to your head and see if you if you're running a fever what they're also talking about doing is having little tracking beacons on the students, you know, backpack or whatever. And this little beacon will allow the administrators to see where the students are at all times during the school. If that student happens to get infected with a virus or whatever, they can see who that student came in contact with. And so it's definitely smart technology. I find it weird that they're not using something like uh, facial recognition to kind of see where the students are in the school. Obviously, that might be more expensive than than actual beacons. I'm not 100% sure how the technology is going to be implemented, but I definitely, definitely, definitely have privacy concerns with this. And I, I say this a lot, but I, I'm not a huge fan of administrators of schools knowing what students are doing at all times. I understand in the perfect world, it's the great way to keep track of your students, but there's always the people who are going to use this to abuse, uh, they're going to abuse this power. And that's what I see happening if um, the schools start implementing this uh, with students. Um, but obviously, in my in my personal opinion, I think that if you just do temperature checks with students um, and with the same cameras that they have at the school, you can see where that kid went at all times. I think it should be pretty easy to find out who that kid came in contact with. Uh, I think it's a little crazy that they want to know down to the minute where this kid has been uh, at all times. And that, you know. It's one of those things where it's like people need privacy. When people feel like they're being followed at all times or being monitored at all times, it causes this type.
type of uh, anxiety that um, that people don't really understand. Like it, it causes this type of anxiety that's just like no one wants that. Like you know, as someone who worked as an IT administrator, one of the, one of the things that people always ask me, "Are you watching me while I'm on my, on my computer?" I'm like, "No, we have better things to do." You know what I'm saying? Like, and they would put pieces of tape on their camera because they're like, "Are you watching us while we're on our computer?" It's like. No, bro, we have way better things to do than to watch you pick your nose and work on your computer. Like, that's not how we work. But that feeling and that anxiety is still in the back of someone's head. And with these technologies, they're creating that anxiety with students. And so um, it, there has to be a balance that's going to happen. What my fear is, again, is that like we're going to pivot the same way we pivoted after 9-11, where we implemented drastic measures to prevent terrorism that overall it didn't really do that much to prevent terrorism because we you know what i'm saying like tsa was impossible to get through it would take hours and now it's like not as crazy to get through tsa uh, but because we've kind of leaned off of it but um i think that with this whole covid thing because it's an invisible uh threat that we're going to create these drastic measures and the other concern i have is like yo who's going to be able to afford this type of technology that you need to be able to track students in real time right uh who's paying for that you know is it going to be implemented in all schools what about the poor schools what about the rich schools like it, it's one of those things where like there have to come up with a way to in my opinion utilize existing infrastructure uh to solve the solution man like i i kind of see i kind of see something like what amazon did with the like the cashierless stores i see something like that being implemented in schools where they can track students in real time um and get body temperature and, and i don't know listen i'm i'm not 100 sure how they can fix this but um i definitely see the uh the market for anti-covid-19 uh preventing prevention technologies i see that as being like the next you know the next big big thing because everyone's jumping on that band uh wagon so man with that being said man next article is coming from the fine folks and real quick just to highlight again that article is available at wired.com so next article is coming from the fine folks at i can't pronounce this website liverpool echo co uk man all right so cool all right so this article was really really interesting because a uh it, it's kind of it's kind of funny actually uh three years in prison is uh is what a man who set fire to a foam mask after researching coronavirus theories so homeboy uh decided that um because he thought that 5g towers right create the coronavirus and are killing people he decided to set a uh, to set a 5g uh cell phone tower uh on fire yeah that, that's what he decided to do uh with his uh with his weekend time with his spare time um i, I thought this article was really interesting man uh, it was uh the guy is a uh, michael witty uh 47 carried out an arson attack inside the equipment box of a telecommunications mast owned Vodafone a tower uh etc 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 they said that the network was down for like uh it took like 10 or 11 days to get it back up and running um and, and causing a total damage of 10,000 between 10,000 and 15,000 dollars uh or 15,000 euros to get this uh situation uh fixed man um I, i'm not going to go too much in detail about the the risks of 5g and all that stuff because i've covered that before but what i will say about this article and what i find interesting about it is that there is really a problem right now and this is more this speaks to it more than ever there's a huge problem with misinformation in this country as we speak not just country globally right because this guy was so convinced that the cell phone towers were were creating uh diseases and stuff like that that he went out of his way to go burn it down and at the same respect he was able to find enough articles to support his theory 
to go do that. And in a sense, it's like, what are we doing to battle misinformation, right? This is misinformation because it's, it's not, it's not confirmed that it's a hundred percent safe, but it's definitely not verified that, yo, these things will create cancer. It, it hasn't. And so for someone to go out of their way to go burn one down, now he's going to do three years in prison because of an article that he read on the internet. There's something going on there. And a lot of the times, like my, my opinion on this has changed because I feel like we're all adults. Should we, we shouldn't be believing everything we see on the internet. But in the same respect, this guy believes everything he saw on the internet. So at a certain point, there has to be some accountability for the outlets that are presenting this information to this guy and telling him, hey, yeah, this is an accurate story and, and aren't able to properly tell this guy, hey, man, this isn't real or this article is satire or whatever, because uh, had he had enough articles presented to him that, that said, hey, this is uh, safe technology, maybe he would have not carried out this crime. But now he's looking at three years in prison based on an article that he read. You know what I'm saying? And the fake news stuff is real. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize that like, yeah, there's a huge population of people who uh, totally believe misinformation, who believe articles that are not true. You know, I'm seeing that right now in Orlando, uh, particularly with the protests that are going on downtown, where the, for, 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 for the first couple days of these protests going on, they were dying. They were dying to compare us, Orlando, to the other protests going on around the country and around the world where, you know, people were looting and people were flipping cars over, etc. They wanted to be, pretty much paint Orlando in that picture. And what we clearly saw was that wasn't happening in Orlando, but people were trying to paint that narrative. And people who aren't from the area, people who don't go to the area are pretty much saying, oh, yeah, they're protesting and loitering over there and rioting and this and that. It's like, no, they're not, buddy. But you're but but if you look for that, you're going to find that, right? If you look for articles that say that's happening, if you look hard enough, you will find that information. And I think when you start spreading that information through social networks, um, at a certain point, the social networks themselves have to take some type of accountability for being able to uh, filter that information, tell people, hey, this is satire or whatever, uh, fact check it. And obviously, they cannot check everything. But at a certain point, things that are being researched this much, these type of conspiracy theories, uh, these 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 companies need to take some type of action where, um, in my opinion, like they're able to limit the, the, the information being spread. Um, so it's a very interesting article. Definitely not an interesting article. I thought it was very pretty funny, uh, to say the least, that some someone decided to do this. But but um. With that being said, check that article out. Um, but last but not least, man, and before we jump into this article, all right, I just want to say that in my previous last episode, I did not want to get political. I didn't want to talk about some of the stuff that was going on. I just, I wasn't ready to speak about it. And so the next article we're going to talk about obviously has to do with police. And um, I'm going to try to give you my best opinion about this. Um, I, again, I don't like getting political on this podcast because um it's just, you know, I, I like tech and this is kind of a disconnect for me um, and from from everything else. So but this article, um, just take it with a grain of salt, guys. So this is coming from the fine folks at nextweb.com, uh, which is here are five ways that artificial intelligence can be used uh, as a bad apple detector for cops. All right. So if you're aware of what things are going on right now. You can understand that people are protesting, uh, you know, the, the first of all, the injustice that um, being a black you know, individual in this country has, um, but also just, you know, why is it that we have bad apples, right? Why, how do we have bad cops, right? And because in, in my opinion, 99.9% .9 of cops are bad. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm sorry, 99.9% of cops are, are good. They have a job to do. And I, I, I have a, a part of me realizes that, like that is just a job. And I think it's a, it's a shitty job. And a part of my language, but I think it's a shitty job. I think it's a, it's one of the hardest jobs to have. I think it's one of the uh, hardest, it's one of the jobs that like you requires you to have so much self-restraint that it's not even funny. Um, you know, people are constantly lying to you. Nobody likes you. No one appreciates what you do. Um, and so it's a difficult job to do, you know? I'm saying, um, but I think most people do it to their best of their ability. But every agency has their bad apples, man, and like any organization, right? And so, in this article, uh, they kind of talk about some of the ways that artificial intelligence and uh, technology in general could help resolve some of these issues, man. So, uh, some of the things they were talking about were things like chatbots, right? So, um, uh, these are basically like, uh, basically, uh, um, almost like the ability for an officer to have a separate line of communication through their ear that can provide them information about a suspect, et cetera, right? Um, but another thing they were talking about that I thought was very interesting was artificial intelligence-based background evaluations, man. And and, and uh, this type of technology, right, is basically not using so much psychoanalysis as using, you know, pattern-based recognition, right? So using a formula that can be applied to officers' behaviors and data that they, data that they gather on that officer, right? And then kind of building a pattern of like prediction, like is this officer going to, you know, commit a crime or act, you know, in, in a bad way. And that right there actually just scares me just a tiny bit because what we're saying is that like we're going to design an algorithm that is able to weed out bad cops, a mathematical equation and it's almost like well how accurate is that equation right and i started thinking about things like the movie minority report where in that movie if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie tom cruise i think the movie came out like in 04 05 something like that maybe maybe even uh, uh prior to that but um in the movie they have technology um where they can predict if you're going to commit a crime in the future and then arrest you in the present on a crime you haven't even committed so you didn't commit it but we're still going to charge you. And so if we create these algorithms that say, hey, based on this formula, this cop is more likely to commit a crime. How fair is that? Right. And, you know, um, I think that it's hard enough to find people who are qualified to become cops. Um, and so we shouldn't be creating technology that quickly dismisses people from becoming police officers. Right. And so, um, you know, with that artificial intelligence based, you know, formula that can weed people out, it's a little scary. And then another thing that we're talking about in this article was, you know, social media monitoring, right. Where, you know, utilizing several AI models to monitor social media, the dark web and officer counseling logs, uh, for white, uh, white supremacist activity, man. And, um, this goes kind of goes back to the point I had prior, which was like, um, you know, I understand that police officers are human beings. Like there's more to that person than the badge, man. They're, they're a human being. And so like any other human being, they have the right to privacy. And so I think now they're trying to implement technology that monitors every aspect of this police officer's life. And we're talking about his social media, his counseling logs, his cell phone records. Everything is constantly being evaluated. And in this article, they kind of talk about is like having a centralized database, right? So a centralized database of all these officers' personal information, you know? And think about that and think about the fact that a lot of these guys aren't making that much money. So you're giving up so much of your life so much privacy of your life in order to, you know, prevent this type of, you know, um, 
you know, prevent bad apples from being made, right? And so I think, again, that there has to be some type of balance that has to be found. I'm totally not against this technology, but I definitely feel that like we cannot be quick to implement it. I think it's something that has to um, be correctly engineered by the right people. And we can't forget that like, hey, listen, most cops are good, right? So can it be a situation where if a cop is, you know, commits a crime or, or, or gets like a write-up or something, well, we implement the AI technology on him just to monitor him. And once we're done monitoring him, we could turn it off because at a certain point, an officer is going to be scared to perform his job if he feels that he's constantly, constantly, and constantly being monitored to see if he does something wrong. And they're constantly and constantly looking for him to do something wrong so they can kick him off the force. I don't think that's fair to the police officer's anxiety, right? So that's just kind of my opinion on it. Again, I'm not against, um, I'm definitely not against, again, I'm definitely not against, uh, police officers, um, you know, uh, police reform. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying here, but what I'm saying is that police officers are human beings and they have the right to privacy as well. Um, but one of the other technologies that I found really interesting, uh, that they showed here as well was, uh, what they called, um, where is it? Where is it? Facial recognition technology, man. And I thought this was very interesting because most police officers now they're wearing, uh, body cams, right? And so with those body cams comes high definition video that is being recorded, um, when they're, you know, uh, interacting with, um, you know, potential suspects, etc. And so when you start thinking about things like 5G technology with the ability to have access to high-speed internet access, a lot of these body cameras have the ability to do facial recognition if connected to the right software. And so how many times have we heard about mistaken identity uh, cases or calls with police officers, right? They run up on someone, it's the wrong person, you know, and they, they harass them, or not harass them, but they, you know, uh, uh, detain them, put them in cuffs, etc., 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 right? And the whole time it was the wrong person, you know? With facial recognition technology, uh, an officer can easily positively identify someone based on what the camera is saying, uh, or you know if the you know the suspect provides an ID and a, a facial recognition. But it's one of those things where it can help them easily identify if they got the right person. If they don't, you know, register that person's name. But then we go back to this whole point again of privacy, right? Which is, are we okay with creating a national or global database of people's faces? what they look like, what their name is, et cetera, you know, in the name of justice, in the name of, you know, being able to properly police people. Um, because they definitely have recognition technology out there for, for, for uh, license plate scanners where they can easily detect someone's license uh, based on a camera. Using a camera, they can see uh, what, what cars on the road have, you know, dirty tags or clean tags, you know, and they're able to do it much faster than they can do with their, um, with their, by typing the license plate in because of the fact that it's using AI or whatever. So um, I definitely suggest check out this article. Um, there is a lot of people out there who have a lot of interesting information um, on some of the next generation technologies being used by police officers uh, to better um, perform their jobs. But again, um, you know, I, I feel that like there needs to be there has to be and there needs to be a balance where the officer has privacy. We as the, um, you know, we as the, the people and the citizens have privacy as well. And our, and our privacy isn't violated uh, in the name of justice, man. But with that being said, guys, wow. Okay. The computer didn't crash. Everything's good. All right. Perfect. So with that being said, guys, these are the articles for today's podcast, man. I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to the podcast, man. Again, all the articles that we discussed uh, are available in the description below. Uh, feel free to comment leave share etc um you know 
I might be dropping another episode this week. Who knows? We'll see how the news cycle looks like. But with that being said, guys, my name is Adam Pagan. I appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to the podcast. And until next time, guys, take care, stay safe, wear a mask. Peace. Guys, what are you doing? Watching my dad's channel. <laughs> You're watching your dad's YouTube channel?